Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. I don't know about you, but I need good news in my life and in this world. I mean, nothing has changed a lot in, I don't know, a long time. Is that we have a constant barrage of, seems like bad news. Because bad news sells, doesn't it? You know, if we were to get on and all the papers... On their websites, all the newspapers, and look at their websites. And if you bought one of their papers or looked at any of the blogs, the ones that have the most traffic, the ones that get the most hits, seem to be the ones that are controversial, the ones that have weird stuff. You know, you're not going to sell newspapers or you're not going to get people to watch your cable network with puppy dog videos and kitty cats and little kids doing fun things. TikTok does well with that and Instagram, right? But not the mainstream media. And I think part of it is because, you know, we are curious people. We want to know what's going on. And we always think, you know, we're going to find out. Now, I got news for you. You probably, even, I don't care how much you watch the news or read the papers, you probably still don't know what's going on, okay? (laughs) Because um, I don't think a lot of it is being told to us. So just let your mind run on that one for a while and say, wow, if what I'm hearing isn't great, just imagine what I'm not hearing. And you could go down the tubes. I believe people need the good news of Jesus more than ever right now. I really believe that. Just in general, just in general. I mean, no matter what they're going through, no matter what they're facing in life, I just believe in general people need to know the good news. So we're here to talk about the good news today, and I want to say thank you for those who have joined us through our streaming. This is the Light in Kent uh, Spark Service, our worship service. And um, we welcome you, those who have come through Facebook, uh, those who might be watching later through YouTube. Um, you might be seeing a clip of this on Instagram or Facebook later. Hey, we appreciate you joining us. My name is Larry Noel. I'm the pastor here. And these are the people of the light. Can I hear it from the people of the light? All right. Alex got a little bit excited there. Both of them did. And you put them together and you got one excited Alex. All right. So love you guys. I really do. My question today is, does your life advertise for Christ? Does your... Well, I'm going to just answer the question. Yes, it does. You advertise. Now, the question is, what kind of advertisement? We advertise for Christ when we identify as being a follower of Christ. When people know who you are, the cat's out of the bag, and you're either a good advertisement or a not good advertisement. And what we want to be, I believe, is a good advertisement. And see, advertising, you might say, well, that's kind of beneath the Lord, you know, advertising for Christ. And let me just tell you, advertising is just marketing. It's just marketing. I work with people in my job that that's all they do is marketing. 
And I've, I've realized something, that marketing is just making people aware of something so that they will want it. Okay? That's really what marketing is. I'm just going to make you aware of this so you will want what I have. And you will buy it, and I will have a job tomorrow because you bought it. Okay? I mean, how many times do we buy something for the first time? We never bought it before. There's a lot of stuff invented on a daily basis, things that I've never seen before. I saw a mini. I was playing my favorite game, really my only game that I play on my phone, which is Solitaire. I won't tell you what level I'm at, but I'm really good. And up comes this advertisement that you have to put up with for a few seconds before you can hit the X. And now they make you hit it twice. I hate that. Yeah. Because I'm not paying. Mr. Cheapo. I'm not paying. So I watched this advertisement, and it's an air conditioner that will cool five rooms, and it's this big. Now, unless I miss something, guys, there's nothing in existence that will do that. Okay, but they, they're like, oh, this is, you know, this guy invented this and it's great. And I just challenge if anybody out there, if you made this, prove it to me and send me a free one. Okay, send me a free one and then I will talk about it here. All right. If it works, I'll talk about it. I'll help you sell them. But send me a free one because I'm not buying it right now. Okay. How many times have you bought something you never bought before because you saw an ad and you went, I need that. Or that would be cool to have. Or, whoa, at that price, how can you go wrong? I mean, Prime Day is coming up in July. And if you're a Amazon Prime member, I guarantee you're going to look at the ads that come and you're going to buy probably something that... I buy shoes every year, so I know exactly what I'm buying because I am cheap. Okay, Alex, you know what I'm talking about? I'm a shopper. And I'm not going to pay full price for anything if I don't have to. So, yes, I'm wearing last year's shoes. Who cares if the stripe goes this way or that way? I don't care. Who cares if it's last year's color? I'm still wearing three years ago's, four years ago's, five years ago's color. I probably had this shirt for 14 years. I think she bought it for him when we first got married. And it's still nice. You like it? We see an ad, and the ad, the marketing people make us go, oh, I need this. It would be cool. I, it would make my life better. I don't know how many of these things you have in your drawer or closet, or you just sold at your garage sale, or you gave it away, or took it to the thrift store, or just threw it away. It wasn't probably what was advertised. But that's what marketing does. We see this ad and it says to us, I need this. And so ads tell us about some things, about the features of this product. And we want this thing for maybe one of two reasons. Because it meets a need in our life or it fulfills a want or desire. I doubt if Mark needs one more gun. He just showed me a gun he bought. Because it fulfilled a desire. I don't think he really needs it. Okay? I can just tell you. Okay? I can just tell you he doesn't need it. Right, Sherry? But he wanted it. And he has salivated over this thing so long that it's incredible. But he got it. 
Okay, show me a picture. And now he's looking at it again, okay, and making sure what it looks like. In our life, in our life, we should be advertising Jesus Christ. And then it should do the same thing. It should speak to people of what they need and what they're desiring. They don't even know what they're desiring. They just want. And what they really are desiring, Jesus, because they need Jesus. They need Jesus to be in spiritual control in every way, actually, of their life. Okay? So that's advertising. That's the way our life should be advertising. We're done with the sermon. See you later. Okay? But let's talk about this a little bit. I want to do more than just give you my thoughts on it. I want to go to to Second Corinthians chapter two, verses twelve through thirty, uh, twelve through chapter three, verse three. So we're going to transcend chapters here. We're going to go from chapter two to verse uh, to chapter three. So here, Paul is encouraging the Corinthians to advertise Christ, and he's, he should be encouraging you to advertise Christ. So let's read this together. It's a little long, but it's a, it's, it's a letter. And I can't just break this up. It's, it's a complete thought. Verse 12. Now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives, listen to this, in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma that brings death and to the other an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So here's a question. How do people come to faith in Jesus Christ? How does that happen? They hear, right? Is that what you said? They hear it. All right? That's a part of the advertising. That's a part of the marketing, if you will. How how did it happen for you? Anybody want to share? How did it happen for you? How did you come to hear about Jesus and and know? Sunday school? All right. Where did you hear? Church? How, How did you get to church? Parents took you. Good job, parents. And and you heard about it from your from your grandma, right? Anybody else? Yes, Don. My older brother Larry. Older brother Larry. Your older brother Larry. Of course, Larry. Yes. Yeah. 
So the evangelist on television was delivering the word. And here's the thing. If his life, if she didn't make some kind of a connection with this person's life, she would have changed the channel. But something connected with her that she said, this is the real deal. And sometimes it takes several of those. We hear, but we dismiss. And then we hear again, and we dismiss again. And we, we get chunks and pieces as we go along. Some people have said that it takes six hearings or seven hearings to accept the gospel. So it's like you hear it, you read it, you know it, you know, you get bits and pieces here and there until finally it kind of comes together. It, that may be true, I don't know. But each one of you heard the gospel, okay? So what does the Bible say? Romans ten seventeen. you know this scripture. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So it's exactly how it happens, what we just said. Faith comes by hearing the word, okay? From hearing the message, and the message must be the Word of God. Not just talking about, not just referring to, but through the Word of God. And that's the Bible, right? The Bible is a book of power, everybody. It's a book that transforms lives. You read the Bible, and there's people that read it and it's too confusing. It's too conflicting. It's this, it's that. And it's so funny. Some of those very same people will go back later at a point in their life and it clicks. And all of a sudden something happens. And you re Isn't it amazing when you're reading the Word, you read it maybe a, a year ago, that passage, and today you're reading it and it jumps out and says something to you in a powerful way that you never saw before. The Word of God is doesn't change but we're going through different circumstances things and it's so powerful because it's just it's it's the very word of god we believe it is inspired the inspired word of god and so the bible is every single thing that we know about god there is nobody telling us anything about god that doesn't line up with the bible if anybody tells you something that doesn't line up with the bible just throw it away it has to line up with the Word because that's the only thing we have to understand God is His Word. That's why He gave it to us, everybody. And when the New Testament was being lived, so in the times of the apostles, the times of, the times of Jesus, the times of the early church, there wasn't anything written about that period yet. They only had the scrolls. They had the Pentateuch. You know, we're going to be talking about the Bible soon. We're going to be talking about the Bible. We're going to be going through the Bible in a series that I'm going to be doing. We're going to cover the entire Bible. If you've, if you've never done that, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting for me because I've never really preached anything quite like this. But the New Testament wasn't written yet. It was... It was, listen, the New Testament is some things guys journaled. Some of the followers of Jesus journaled, and it's letters, all right? And it's compiled, and it became the New Testament. The Old Testament is a lot of history books, poetry, all right? A lot of uh, legal documents, 
okay, like in Chronicles where they're saying, you know, they're giving you family lines and listing who was in each family. The Bible is very interesting in that. But the New Testament, there was nothing written yet because they were still living it out. So how do people learn about Jesus? This is the thing. How could you learn about Jesus when you didn't have the Bible? You could get a glimpse if you, if you understood the Old Testament. She's saying for some of the prophets. If you could translate that and, and understand that the prophets were taught, David and Isaiah and others, they were talking about Jesus. If you could understand that and make that connection. But I'll tell you, the, the most people, not everybody, especially Gentiles, were students of the scrolls. They were not students of the Torah. So how do you learn about Jesus if you're not even reading the Bible, if you're not even reading the Word, and you don't have a New Testament. I'll tell you how they learned, through the lives of believers. That's how they learned about Jesus, was the people living His truth out in front of them. And I'm going to tell you, the way we live before others absolutely matters. Do you believe that? The way that you live in front of other people, it's not a joke. It matters. So I want to talk uh, about three things. And it's right over here on my little stand. My little stand has three things. I'm going to talk about trophies. This is my five-year award for working where I do. I got that four years ago. I'm going to be talking about letters. Okay. And aroma. Okay. Because these are the three things that describes... Ooh, that smells good. I'm going back for another one. What is that? Ah, ocean driftwood. Take me to the ocean right now. Okay. These are metaphors that Paul used in the scripture we just read. Those are metaphors. Okay, do you know what a metaphor is? It's when one thing is used to represent or illustrate something else. Why do we do that? Why would, it's to help us relate. It's to help us relate, to understand some new idea by using a familiar idea. Jesus was doing this a lot. It's in the Old Testament, too, where, hey, I need to get a new idea across to you, so I'm going to use something, a metaphor, to try to help you understand that. And it works. So we're going to be talking about trophies, letters, and fragrances. And I want to thank Dr. J. David Stevens for this idea. I thought it was brilliant. And so I'm borrowing it. And I want to thank Dr. Stevens for that. So I don't, I, let me ask a question. Do you feel like any one of these? Do you feel like a trophy? Do you feel like a letter? Do you feel like a, an aroma, a fragrance? See, many of us, we don't feel anything like these things right here. We don't see ourselves this way. Because of our past experiences, the things that we've done, things that were done to us, we've been told we're worthless, we're garbage, we're never going to amount to anything, whatever, those kind of lies extinguish any possibility of us connecting up with the Word. So I want to help you with that today. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe the Word of God is truth? Yes. All right. And Paul is reminding us, regardless of our history, regardless of what somebody has called you, regardless of what's happened to you, you are valuable to God. You are valuable to God. God. And I want you to know something else. God loves you. 
He wants you and he needs you. This is God we're talking about. The God of the universe needs you. He loves you. He wants you. He created you. And there's a reason for it. There's an absolute reason. So let's go back to verses 12 and 13. Because Paul is telling us about his plan to go to Troas. He's talking to us about the plan. He's telling us, you know... I was going to go do this. I was going to go to Troas and I was going to meet Titus. And both of us, we were going to be like the mean green preaching machine. The two of us, we were going to go out on the, on the, you know, the streets and in different places and synagogues. And we were going to preach Jesus Christ, the good news. And Paul felt led of the Holy Spirit and he gets to Troas and there's no Titus. I hate when there's no Titus. There's nothing I hate more than no Titus. All right? When, you're, when you have an appointment with somebody, they say, I will meet you there. I will have lunch with you. We will talk together. And they don't come. You know what I'm talking about, Warren? And you're even going to buy their lunch. Bless Pat. And this is what happened to Paul. No Titus. They had an open door to minister. They had an invitation. The Holy Spirit said, go there. But they had, he had to leave because Titus was a no-show. And I'm going to just tell you, sometimes things happen, don't they? Sometimes, sometimes things just, we have planned an outreach for months looking forward this Saturday, guys, to the annual Festival, The Heritage Fest is one of the biggest things in our town in Kent, Ohio. We hand out somewhere around 2,000 bottles of ice cold water on one of the hottest Saturdays. It's around always around July uh, 4th. This year it's going to be on July 2nd. We had an open door. We're ready to do this. We love to go out and do this. We meet people. It's so much fun when we're together. And we had to cancel it because of stuff that's going on in our family that is beyond our control. Sometimes things happen. They're unplanned. It's a good plan, but it's a bad outcome. And I, why these things happen, it really doesn't matter. It still happens. And we have to recover everybody and move forward. And that's what he's telling you here. It didn't happen. For whatever reason, he doesn't get into it, but Titus was a no-show. So Paul says in the scripture, we said goodbye and went to Macedonia. Now, Macedonia is not that far from here, but we're not going to Macedonia, okay? He said we had to say goodbye. You know what? Sometimes you have to say goodbye. You can't dwell on the past. You can't, oh, I'm so upset. We, well, I was looking forward to this. And you get all bent out of shape. Sometimes you just have to say, goodbye, that one is not going to happen. I know we had an open door, but you know what? Things happen. And we're going to move on and go to Macedonia. We're going to the next place. We're going to the next person. We're going to take on the next plan. And this, this is, let me tell you, this is part of your nonverbal witness to people who are watching your life. 
Do you adjust or do you combust? Do you get all blown up when things don't go the way that you want? There was a song by Janie Grind. I don't know if you remember this. We've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. We've been made victorious. Anybody remember that song? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. I love that song. Let's learn it again. You remember that song? I'll teach you guys. It'll be like a brand new song now. You won't know that it's from the 80s. I feel like this head thing is from the 80s. About ready to throw it away. See, there's always hope. We are more than conquerors. No matter what happens, guys, because of Jesus Christ, there's always hope for the future. Do you realize that? There's a Peanuts cartoon. How many like Peanuts? Snoopy. And Lucy is giving Charlie Brown some serious grief here. She is ripping him one upside down and the other after losing another baseball season. And she says, you, Charlie Brown, are a foul ball in the line drive of life. You're in the shadow of your own goalposts. You're a miscue. You are three putts on the 18th green. You are a 7-10 split in the 10th frame. A love set. You have dropped a rod and reel in the lake of life. You are a missed free throw, a shanked nine iron, and a called third strike. Do you understand? Have I made myself clear? And Charlie Brown just says, wait till next year. <laughs> I'm used to saying that as a sports fan. Wait till next year. Just wait until next year. See, as followers of Christ, though, we always have a next year. So don't worry about this. Don't worry about what doesn't happen. Don't worry about, oh, we had a master plan. Don't worry about that. God is in control. And our, listen, our failure is not final. Our mess up is not monumental. Our disappointment is not his denial. So, Let's look at these three metaphors. I've almost wasted all my time just talking about that. But I thought it was important. Trophies, letters, and fragrance. So first of all, let me get the trophy over here. I had a really good one, but I couldn't. I didn't have time to look for it today. It's my racing trophy. I have two. So he says in the scripture, verse 14, that we are Christ's trophies. Did you catch that? We are Christ's trophies. Now... We may not feel like it, but this is how God sees us as an award, a trophy, a something that you would fight for, that you would go and do whatever you need to do to win. This is the prize that you are to God. A trophy is won in a contest. He says in verse 14, he leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. So let's talk about the context of what this trophy can mean. We're going to talk about this triumphal procession. See, a trophy is something you win in a contest. When the Cavs won the title in 2016, man, you are bad Cavs fans. Let's try it again. When the Cavaliers of Cleveland, your basketball team, all right, won the national title in 2016, there was a parade. There was a parade, wasn't there? Do you remember the parade? I wanted to go. Mary said, you can't go. I was like, I want to be one of the million people there. She goes, you cannot go. 
I wanted to go. There was a triumphal procession of J.J., what was his name? J. Smith with no shirt on and all the rest of the Cavaliers with their shirts on and they would hoist the trophy as they went through the crowd. And I mean, it went on for hours and hours till they reached where the stage was. That was a triumphal procession our city will never, ever forget. The NBA trophy at last. See, in ancient times, what happened is they would have a military victory and they would do this exact same thing. They would have a giant parade. They would have this. They would you. It was mandatory. You had to be there for this parade. The army would have trophies, but the trophies weren't like this. You know what the trophies were? They were generals, they were lieutenants, they were people, privates, infantrymen, animals, chariots, all from the other army. And they would have their army there, marching, the music, the band, and then they'd have this tattered group behind them that had been beat to a pulp, and the ones that were alive, they were bringing them back as trophies to prove they had won. See, this is your proof that you won. You survived five years at this company. Okay? That's my only proof right there. They, had to, they proved to their people how incredibly strong, how great they are as an army. That's the trophy, okay? So this is what Paul's talking about. We are, we're in this triumphal entry of Christ we are proof of his victory that he came out of the grave. How, how are we proof? How are we proof? So first of all, he defeated Satan. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. And he is bringing us back. When you live your life and you are a witness, when you are advertising for Jesus through your Life, the way that you live, not letting things get you down, keeping moving forward. You see, a parade doesn't back up, by the way. Where does it go? It's always going in one direction, doesn't it? I've never seen a parade go, hey, let's go this way now, okay? It's always, I don't even know if elephants have a reverse, okay? But, or chariots. We are proof that he has defeated Satan. We're proof at work, we're proof at school, we're proof at home. And when people see us, they should see Christ's victory. Do you get this? We are on display. So in your conversations, your business dealings, your relationships with other people, you need to make known the triumph of Jesus Christ in your life. By living him out victoriously in front of you. The question is, is your life reflecting the joy and gratefulness for the victory that Jesus Christ won for you and that he's done in you? Or are you afraid to let your little light shine? Are you hiding it under a bushel? We are trophies of his grace. All right, I think the next one's about a letter. I almost cut myself several times on that, so I'm glad to have something safer. No, it's this one. We are Christ's fragrance. We are Christ's fragrance, Okay. If I opened this up and brought it to you right now, it would knock you over. This is really strong. Verse 15. 
The pleasing aroma of Christ. This is that's what we should be. We are the pleasing aroma of Christ. So here's the thing. In the triumphal entry after a big military victory, one of the things besides music and, you know, all the weapons of warfare and the animals and everything, they would have bowls of incense being burnt along the parade route. They should have done that for LeBron's party. From what I understand, all the people sweating and stuff, it wasn't pretty. It was a hot day in June. And they would burn these bowls of incense. And you know what it would do? It would, that's what they called the smell of victory. Whenever they smelled those smells, they knew we'd won. And they always associated whatever the incenses they were burning, they would associate that with victory. I'm going to tell you, smell is important, isn't it? It changes the atmosphere. When we used to do dramas, and I used to direct them, we would use different aromas as people came in to set the mood, to trick their minds a little bit, take them out of reality, and get them to buy into what we were doing on stage. We used everything. People do this when they sell houses. They tell you to bake bread, don't they? Bake bread. Unless you got a low-carb person, then that's not going to work, okay? <laughs> then they're going to walk in and go, but the purse, you know, they say that, why would they do that? Because it makes it homey, it, it, and it covers up some of the stuff that you don't smell anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that couch? Yeah. You sit on it, you don't smell that anymore. Somebody else comes in, they go, okay, what was that? Get out the Glade. How about the new car spray? Did you know they make something called new car spray and you can put it in a used car? It makes your car smell like a new car. Like, so all that is is plastic, vinyl, nylon. That's what those new smells are. But for whatever reason, we associate those with a new car now. Leather, you know. And we, we get in and we feel better about it. When you get a used car, you don't get that little snappy thing. So you know what they've been doing? They've been spraying a little bit of that in there. Not too obvious, but a little bit to make you feel like, hey, this is kind of new. It's only been driven 130,000. It just broke in. Look, it's still got the smell. How about, you know, you get the fake trees for Christmas and what do we do? We have the little pine candles now, right? People come in and in the holiday music and people, they do that in uh, stores, I've heard. So you'll just get all excited and buy more. All right. Verse 14, he says he uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. So how do we smell? That's the question. How do we smell? Does our aroma, how do we smell to our community, guys? How do they, how do they, when they see us, when they hear about us as individuals, as a church, how do we smell? You know, the pizza shop is right next door. I get hungry for pizza every Sunday. You know why? They get that thing going right at the end of service. They start it up. And as soon as I'm walking out, I'm like, I want pizza. Now we usually go eat breakfast, but I want pizza. I'm like, oh, smell that. 
I love that, especially when I take, if I help Don and I take the trash out the back, you can really smell it out the back, right, Don? I think that's why you volunteered for that, so you can just smell the, the bread baking back there. Whether you're aware of it or not, everywhere you go, you're giving off a spiritual odor to other people. Look at verse 16. To the one, we're an aroma of, that brings death, and to the other, an aroma that brings life. So, to those, think about it. You've got to look in context of when he wrote this. What does he mean by that? To those in the crowd, listen, to those who are at the triumphal entry after a, after a battle, and they're watching this army come in, to some, the sights, music, smell, the whole thing is victorious. That song makes me think of victory. That smell makes me think of victory. The roar of the crowd makes me think of victory. Victory is life, everybody. And then there's another group of people there that weren't in support of the war, weren't in support of the leaderships. They're probably slaves from another battle, and they have to live there. They don't want to be there. They're not in the place they want to be, and it smells of death to them. It smells not of victory, but of death. Those sounds, that music makes them sick. And that's what he's saying. To one, it's an aroma that brings death. To the other, it's an aroma that brings life. See, some are going to respond negatively to our smell. Because it convicts them. They realize they're not on that side. They don't have the victory they don't have the ability to lean on Jesus and his strength and his wisdom and keep moving and be positive about it, even when you don't feel like being positive. But others are going to respond positively. People like you, it's going to encourage them. When you get up and you do what you need to do, even when you don't feel like doing it and everybody knows you don't feel like doing it, it's an encouragement to them. It says... With Christ, I can do all things. All things. So be encouraged. In fact, there's a book called Be Encouraged by Warren Wiersbe. And he says, the way we live and the, and the way we work can mean life or death to a lost world around us. And lastly, we are Christ's letter. Okay, verses, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Let's read this. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from both, or, or, or uh, from you? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You know that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So let me read that verse 2 one more time. You, and you might want to underline this. You yourself are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. Do you ever have anybody hack your email account? Yeah, Richard says he has. I can just tell. What It feels like somebody has just violated your privacy when that happens. You know, it doesn't. Anybody ever... You know, whether they hack your email or your credit card. I've had, I had my credit card back around Christmas, December. Somebody hacked it and bought all kinds of stuff with it. 
It's funny, though. We get all excited when somebody hacks our email account, but then we go on social media and put all kinds of personal stuff on there. I don't want people knowing my personal stuff. Look, I'm hanging a ceiling fan. Look, I fell off my chair. Look, my dog is eating. Look, the baby pooped. Yeah, look at this. Look at that. Or whatever we're thinking at the time. We watch the news and we get all grumpy and we post something. But we don't want anybody hacking our email. Because they might know what something private. When <laughs> And then some of us do TikTok videos and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. All right. See, that's the only opinion, though, people have of you, what you post. What you put out there, whether it's social media or in your real life, guys. Where you go, who you hang with, the people that see you, if it's only your family, then that's the only opinion they have of you is what they see of you, wherever it is. And Paul says, you are our letter Known and read by everyone. Kind of sounds like social media, doesn't it? See, here's what happened. When back in the day, they didn't have denominations to give you ministerial credentials. So what you would do is you would show up in a town and you were going to preach. But you weren't allowed to preach till you handed over your letter of recommendation from the churches you'd already preached in. The houses you'd taught in. And they would open that up. It didn't look like this back then, but they would they would open up that letter. It had a seal, so they knew it was for real. Ooh, that rhymes, doesn't it? And they would open up that seal of that person, so they knew it was legitimate. And they would read, Paul's pretty cool. We liked his sermons a lot. And he didn't preach as long as Larry, so that was especially good. All right. In other words, they needed to know that he was not going to teach them some weird doctrine, lead them down the road, or just try to rip them off. Just show up and preach and take offerings and leave. So that's the letters of recommendation he's talking about. And he said, I don't need letters of recommendation. You are my letters of recommendation. When people see you, you're my letter. Well, if you want to know about my life, look at Alex. When I met Alex, he was lower than a snake's belly. He was so discouraged. He didn't know which way was up and down. And look at him now. God has changed his life and made him into a new man. He's strong in Jesus. He's a leader in his community. And everybody knows that. So that's my letter of recommendation. And Donna talk about a strong person she's another one of my disciples blah 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 see that's what he was saying and in the same way we are letters for christ people are not going to maybe pick up the bible guys and read it you are the word to so many people and what happens is they're looking at you and they're saying wow is that what jesus does i never really read the bible or understood it but I see something here. And if that's what God is really about, if that's what accepting Jesus is about, I'm interested. I'm hungry. You got my attention because of the way that they live in there. Isn't that exciting? We're letters of recommendation. We're, we're examples of the good news. Look at verse 3. 
You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. What a great thing to write, to help people to understand that their lives and how we live them. Listen, when people look at you, they should see an empowered life. They should see somebody with an anointing on their life. Somebody that they can say, this is proof that God is powerful. Not everything went great for them, but I saw them as more than conquerors through all that. I saw them that with God, all things are possible. You know, Mark is one of the greatest testimonies. He's one of the greatest letters for Christ that says, with God, all things are possible. I was looking back at a text from Sherry from last year. And I was showing Mary and I said, you know, last year, Mark was still in the hospital. Last year, the things I read was this. Sherry, I had 30 minutes with Mark today. It was really great. He raised an eyebrow when I talked about the sound ministry. I don't even know if you remember that, Mark. But I was telling Mark the new things we were doing and some software we were gotten and some changes we were making. And Mark went. And I got all excited about this. Okay? And 30 minutes with Mark. One-sided conversation. And today, folks, if you're watching this, he's providing the video for you. He's running the machine that does this. Amen? Amen? See, he's a testimony. He's a letter for the power of God. That with God, all things are possible. There's always hope with God. The only place some people will ever see the glory of God is in your behavior. If it doesn't go your way, if you don't get the answer you're looking for, does your life then confuse people about the good news or does it clarify the good news for people? Our reaction, you know, D.L. Moody, I love what he wrote. He's and actually he didn't write this. This is a quotation from him. He says, we are the world's Bible. We are the world's Bible. So somebody, you know, wrote this down. He said this or preached it. See, because some people will never read this right here. They need to hear it. We said you only come to Christ through hearing. All right. And hearing through the word of God. But a lot of times they're not going to read the word first. That's this is not going, you could give this to people and they'll just throw it away or they'll stick it in their trunk or forget about it or put it in goodwill. I don't know. These are in hotel rooms all over the country with that many Bibles and that many people that don't know Jesus. You'd think there'd be revival breaking out. So people can ignore this, but they can't ignore you. God has put you in front of your neighbors, your family, the people you work with. They can't ignore you. You're there, and that's why you're there. Did you know that? So live it up. Live it up in front of them. Live it out. Come out of the closet, so to speak. Don't be a closet Christian. Don't hide that yourself under a bushel. Get out there. Let people know what's... When you have a failure, when things don't go right... 
Say, hey, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So it doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. I'll recover. I'll keep moving forward. We are being watched. We are the world's Bible. We are in display as public documents. You know, we're the PDFs. Isn't that, what is that? Public document format or something like that? Portable? We're the PDFs. We're the portable document. We're all over the place. We're scattered all over. Ephesians 5, one more scripture here. Ephesians 5 verses 1 through 2 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So the question is, are you imitating Christ? Are you loving people and being willing to sacrifice yourself just like he did? See, Christ sacrificed for us, didn't he? He gave everything, right? We sang about, my Redeemer lives today. My Redeemer lives. Are we willing to love people and be willing to sacrifice ourselves for them just like he did? And, And let me... Why? Why would we do this? Why would we sacrifice ourselves for those that are in our lives, people that are in our community? Why would we do things for people that maybe don't even care whether we do them or not? I'm going to tell you why. Because the sweet aroma of Christ will go through Kent, Stowe, Aurora, Akron, Brimfield, Parma, Talmadge, Mogador, I think I covered them all. The sweet aroma of Christ is going to be around you when you sacrifice yourself for others and you do as Christ has done for us. And here's what's going to happen. It's going to be like walking by the pizza shop on at 12 noon. Right next door, right now. They're, they're, they're doing it. They're doing it. And you're going to make them hungry for Jesus. You're going to make them go... I want some of that. That's that's what I need. Or that's what I'm looking for, I think, to make my life better. And they don't realize Jesus doesn't make your life better. He reinvents your life. You become a new creature. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah, he'll make your life better. (laughs) He's got to make the old new, buddy. Just wait till you find out what better means. And they'll love it. They'll find out they've never. Marianne Evans, I don't know if you know who she is. She actually wrote at a time, she was a poet that wrote at a time where women were not really respected as poets. So I don't know, you probably heard of her pen name, George Eliot. Okay. So George Eliot was actually <laughs> Marianne Evans. And she was an English novelist and a poet. And she wrote this, it's never too late to be who you might have been. You ever live with regrets? If only. You know, I missed my opportunity. Every time I say that, I think I was in Ocala, Florida years ago and I went to get donuts. And I met Dunkin' Donuts and it was like the only donut shop on Silver Springs Boulevard, that side of town. It was packed Saturday morning and I went to get donuts for some church activity we were doing. And I stood in line and stood in line and stood in line. And this lady was sitting around the 
counter. And she looked miserable. She was an older lady, and she just looked miserable, guys. I just seemed like I saw pain in her face. Like nobody loved her, nobody, and nobody was talking to her. And she was just, oh, you know, physically and every way, I felt so bad for her. And inside of me, a little voice was, just go tell her that I love her. Just go say, hey, I just want you to know God loves you. And I didn't do it. I felt so bad. I mean, I still feel bad. I think I missed an opportunity. Years later, I was in Akron sitting at this hamburger shop, hamburger station. And this woman was crying. And she was talking about her husband that had left her. And I had been through that. In fact, I was still walking through that. And the donut shop came to my mind. And I got up when I got ready to leave. And I said, I know what you're going through. But I'm going to tell you, with Christ, you can make it through this. It will not defeat you. She just broke down in tears. And I said, can I just pray a quick prayer for you? She let me. See, Christ will redeem the missed opportunities in your life. You, it's not too late to be who you, who you should have been, guys. Those missed opportunities, don't worry about them. Be like Paul. We're going to Macedonia. Goodbye. Not going to live there. But we're going to move on. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, I know we're past time when we usually are finished with our service. But I know there are some who are watching and some who are in this building saying, I missed my opportunity maybe. This went wrong in my life. I'm not living with any kind of a good aroma in my life. I'm not a representative letter of the power of God. I'm not... I don't feel like a trophy because of what I've done or what's happened to me. Let me just tell you that every one of those things that you might be thinking, if you're thinking any one or all of them, it's a lie. And that lie doesn't come from God. That comes, God does not lie. He says that he loves you. He wants you. He needs you. But the lie comes from his enemy, Satan. And it's time to quit listening to that voice. It's time to begin to listen to the voice of love, the voice of forgiveness, the voice of acceptance, the voice of Jesus Christ who gave everything for you on the cross. That's how much he loved you. And there's nothing you can do that can change his love. There's nothing that you can do to not be loved by him. You are loved by him right now where you're at. And I... I ask you, if you are seeing the need, if what we've said today has caused you to see the need, today you need to ask Christ to be your Savior. Today you need to invite Him in to take control of your life. And let's say goodbye. Let's say goodbye to what didn't work out. Let's say goodbye to some wasted years and, and realize we got a lot of years to go yet and Christ can use you. So say hello to God. Say hello to Jesus. Accept him today. I invite you to do that. If you do that and you're in this place today, I want you to come and talk to me at the end. If you're watching, I want you to send a message to us, an email or a message saying, hey, I just, I just did this. I just made this decision because 
we want to resource you. We want to help you. We want to encourage you. If there's anybody here today, you're a follower of Christ. And these are some things you're struggling with. You know you don't need to struggle with that any longer. Make a decision today to serve Christ in the way that he wants you to. Leave the past behind you. Leave the past behind you. You are a trophy. You are important to him. God, I pray that you would use us now. That we would leave this place realizing how important we are. What an advertisement we are for you. And that if we unashamedly live this out in front of people, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be incredible. And you're going to do miracles in our midst. We have a world hurting right now. We have an angry world. We have a lost world. We have a world that doesn't have the answers anymore. The people that everybody looked to, we know now, they didn't have the answers. Christ is the answer. And God, we can point them to you. We can point them with our lives. Lord, I ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. I want to thank you before we uh, stop our streaming service that if you joined us today, I want to thank you for being with us and invite you do us a favor. Subscribe to our videos, like them. If you would share them with people on Facebook, on YouTube, Instagram, Uh, If you're listening to our podcast, same thing on Spotify, iTunes, and other places, leave a comment or a prayer request. We'd like to pray with you. And if you're ever in the area, we'd love to have you. If you're in the area of Kent, Ohio, we're just off the campus of Kent State University. And you can find our location at thelightinkent.com. And next week, I'm going to be sharing a patriotic message, patriotic message called Our Sacred Honor. So we invite you to join us for that. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightingkent.com or message us on Facebook.